0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Silmarillion Film Project. This is session number 28 of season six. Uh, And tonight we are going to talk about the frame narrative, um, which I I distinctly remember having this idea in like the very first session that we ever did talking about, you know, planning the story. Um, And so tonight we finally... uh, more or less, bring that to fruition uh, as you know, there's still some things to be resolved, uh, thinking through how we're going to do this. Of course, the con- the core concept uh, that we had from the start was that when we did the Baron and Luthien story, we should do the uh, Tenuviel, Tenuviel, Aragorn, and Arwen meet story in the frame, which has worked reasonably well from the standpoint of kind of the chronology of the frame. Um, you know, we had... Uh, we had young Aragorn in season one. We had um, teenage Aragorn in what was that season three? I think it was season three. Yeah, because that was when we were paralleling uh, teenage Aragorn with Fëanor, as I recall. <laughs> and then, um, uh, and now, of course, we're coming back to Aragorn when he's twenty. So we've been uh, we've been we've been marching right along. Um, anyway, before we get going, uh, some quick announcements here. We have a bunch of. Um, uh, of, of moots coming up, opportunities to uh, get together and hang out. We've got Maple Moot coming soonest on May 20th in Toronto, our first ever Canadian moot. Um, we have, of course, Myth Moot happening uh, at the end of June, June 22nd to 25th, back in Leesburg, Virginia, at our traditional venue. And then uh, in the fall, a bunch of moots already planned in the fall. Cascade Moot, our first ever moot in Portland, Oregon, Middle Moot, back to Middle Moot in Waterloo, Iowa on the 14th of October, and then New England Moot on the 23rd of October in Derry, New Hampshire, Uh, back up here near me. And then back to Denver, Mountain Moot, Uh, going to go back and hang out with Tony Mead again in Denver, Colorado on uh, November 4th. Um, We're also toying with the idea... Um, since we've been doing a bunch of new moots that we've never done before, Toronto is new, Portland is new, we're also thinking of, uh, going to New Orleans, uh, where we've never been before. We might do that this winter sometime, uh, maybe December. No, we're not quite sure about that, but I think, I think that might be fun. Uh, I don't know how many people we know in the New Orleans area, but we're fixing to find out. Uh, so we'll see. Um... Anyway, lots of fun opportunities uh, to hang out together uh, here over the course of this uh, of the rest of the year here. Also, want to make sure that everybody uh, knows that the casting voting is open. So, for uh, the, the the nominations are in, and people can cast their vote. For whom they think should be cast as the for the different roles that we have available here in season six. Um, So go to the casting poll uh, in uh, for for this to look at the season six nominations and cast your vote. Voting will be open there for a few weeks. Come back and talk. I'll come back to that again at the end here before we go. But let us talk about the frame. Yes, we have a different map here today. Look at this. It's the framed map, the Pauline Baines map. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I went to go get the Valerian map and then realized, wait, we're not in (laughs) Valerian. We're not in
0: (laughs) Valerian. Exactly. Exactly. Very cool. Sorry, looking at this map is making me realize how little time I've spent... Exam- I've seen this map before, but this is never a map that I had. Like this is not like you know one of those. Uh, it one wasn't of those a map- poster on your wall. No, it was or not a poster a pull on out my in wall. A book
1: that you had. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, so I'm just like looking at a bunch of things. Interesting to see the choices she's made for her little pop out. You know, her little detail things. It's very interesting,
1: and where she's placed them. As well, Uh, I believe there is a map with both Tolkien and her notes on it. Mm -hmm. So, collaborating with ideas to create this.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So, yeah, yeah. It is is, (laughs) some of the choices that were made.
0: Yeah, it is. It is pretty neat. I love how she has with the Wilderland. In parentheses under Rovanian, as if it's like a translation of Rovanian. Or, yeah. well, lots of cool things here. Okay, anyway, I get distracted by this for a while. I love the little camels and the random elephant down in Haradwaith as well. You, you get the sense that um, Pauline Baines didn't love all of the blank space down in the <laughs> south, right? so she's filled it with little animals. <laughs> anyway, it's actually just a way that really
2: emphasizes the emptiness of parts of the map. Notice and that that elephant's adorable.
0: It is an adorable little elephant. Yeah. Yeah. I like the little frolicking horses um north of Mordor as well. I like that whole area um you know, that whole part of the map that they were exploring in the Rings of Power, right? With the um uh, with the harfoots, is of course a big old blank space in almost all of the maps, and so once again, little frolicking animals. Um, anyway, okay, frame documents. So we um, so we, there 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 are a bunch of them that are fully written. There are some summaries that are written. Uh, there are some that are less written that we're going to try to figure out here tonight. Um, Let's talk about the overall sort of scope and approach of the uh, frame narrative here. Um, you guys chose to focus on Elrond, essentially, right? Because w- w- was, this, was the goal here not to play favorites between Aragorn and Arwen?
1: Sort of. It was, it was more of a default than a choice.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, if you will recall back when we were planning all of this, You had said something along the lines of, hey, wouldn't it be neat if we had both Aragorn and Arwen show up in, like, every single episode? To which I was like, no, that would not be neat. That would be terrible, and we're not doing that. Um, So I said, okay, we'll do it, like, once. And when we sat down to plan it, it turned out there actually were more than one opportunities to put both of them in a a frame.
2: While still being a number less than thirteen.
1: Tr- right, right. right, So we, we did roughly half the episodes, half both Aragorn and Arwen in the frame scenes, yeah. which I, I thought was closer to what you had in mind than yeah. my initial complete rejection of your idea. <laughs> um, but in order to facilitate all of that, we needed a character who could go between them and right. be interacting with both of them. And the obvious choice for that was typically Elrond. In at right. least one episode, it is gil-rhain.
0: Gilrae'n, yeah, yeah, I was noticing that. Right. Um,
1: um, so, like, we also the the sons of Elrond, the brothers, they also go between the characters. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we we had to use like, look, everyone in Rivendell can interact with Arwen and Aragorn in the same episode. So whoever whoever the go between is becomes the link for the right. for the scene. Right. Um, but right, it, yeah. it did mean that we got an overarching Elrond story. Right. That was not necessarily originally in the plan. It just kind of came through as we were developing the Arwen and Aragorn stories.
0: Right. Yeah. And um, so we, we know the, um, the sort of uh, given element of this storyline, right? The sort of the focal point of this, of this moment of this story uh, from the books is Aragorn's learning about his identity, right? And his heritage, so Aragorn's plotline in the frame as a whole, that he first discovers that he's a Sylder's heir and then immediately falls in love with Arwen um, or quasi immediately. Um, Within uh, the season. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, soon thereafter uh, 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 falls in love. Um, th- that's, you know, the sort of the, the starting point, right. Uh, of this, of this entire concept. Um, Arwen's story, I was really interested in. Um, In particular, I I loved the development of the Evenstar idea. And of course, it was making me think of all the work that we already did in season two. Um, for Arwen back then. Um, we should probably do a refresher. Just in case, you know, because some people might not have a memory like a steel trap like I do and remember all of these things without having to look them up again. So just in case there are some people who need their memories mm. refreshed. Season two was in Lothlorien with Arwen and primarily Celeborn and Galadriel, right?
2: And, and I think it's important to note that um, while it might feel as though we did a lot of work in season two it's more like we did a small amount of work very slowly (laughs) so it felt like a lot of work
1: (laughs) yes so uh, over over the years we've struggled to have the correct amount of story in the frame story yes Sometimes we wanted to put all kinds of things in there and have all this action and events and plot lines playing out and introducing all these new characters. And, you know, you can do a little bit of that, but you only get a handful of minutes in every episode, so it it can be a very choppy story that way. Season two, we did not have that problem. Season two, we had the opposite problem, which is we have one very focused story we want to tell, and we're just going to do little facets of it in each episode working right. towards a final we, picture a very elvish approach to this <laughs> right. we,
0: we essentially had like one long conversation we wanted them to have and we stretched it out over a whole season essentially um, exactly yeah, cuz of course the conversation the topic of the, remember this was season 2 so season 2 was from the awakening of the elves uh to the darkening of Valinor um so it was all about the the the, the going to Valinor and then you know what happens in Valinor um so the 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 main question that we had Arwen wrestling with which I, I I still love the concept of it um that Arwen is the one who is wrestling with the question of what is the destiny of elves like where are we where are we supposed to be um Where is Elvenhome exactly? Is Elvenhome across the sea? Is that where we're supposed to be? Is that what we should be doing? Or is Elvenhome here in Middle-earth? What is our responsibility in Middle-earth? Are we just hanging out here until it's time to go? Or is this where we're supposed to be and where we're supposed to stay? And is therefore going, you know, going across the sea, is that a cop-out? You know, is that an abdication of what we're Mm -hmm. supposed to be doing um, instead of a fulfillment of what we're – because, I mean, it's it really is – the answer to that question makes a radical difference in how you understand what the elves are doing. I mean, if there's almost no middle ground, right, between we're fulfilling our destiny or we're – um, forsaking mm. our calling and abandoning our, you know, our our, our <laughs> destiny, you know, like it's, it, there's no kind of in between there. Right. And so it's natural that she would be sort of wrestling with that. And of course, obviously, especially knowing where she's going to end up and the choice that she's going to end up making, it's a, it's a really important one. Um, so we, as I recall, we began in that season to um, sort of explore the question which I, I i think is is certainly an issue that is under i mean almost everything about arwen is underdeveloped in the lord of the rings because tolkien didn't develop the idea of arwen until very very late like in the final revision stages of the lord of the rings and he he didn't really work her back in fully and develop her story fully um the uh you know uh of arwen and aragorn bit of the um of the the um appendix is like the only time he really kind of got to sit down and and sort of work through their story uh to some extent because of course the appendices were written and put together years after the rest of the story had been written and sent off so um anyway uh but the concept evenstar she's called the evenstar right and that is such a richly suggestive name right um it connects her with Elendo. um sorry not with with Arindo I mean <laughs> to say yes with Arendel. <laughs> um it connects her with Arendel. um and uh you know and, and which of course so you've got the morning uh, the the morning and evening right that there's there's play on that right between um uh between Gimli and um and, uh, Amir, right, at the end of the Return of the King, right? You have chosen the, 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 the evening, but I've given my love to the morning, says Gimli. Um, and of course, the evening and morning star are the same, right? And of course, they're both Elendil and the Silmaril, Earendil. which er, I did it again. What is wrong with me today? Holy cow. I really am getting old. Um, <laughs> they're both Arendil and, um, I don't even have the bad excuse of having, like, the name Elendil on the page in front of me that keeps suggesting it. It's, it's not even. I don't even know what's wrong. Anyway, both of them are Elendil, and both of them are uh, are the light of the Silmaril that Baron and Luthien are going to claim, right? So there, there's, a, there's a, a sort of a lovely connection back here uh, in the midst of all that. But what does it mean that she's the even star why should be, she she why should she be called the even star? that one scene with Gimli and Amir is almost all we get in the book as to like what the significance of that is right uh, um and that she is the star of the evening in the sense of she is this um you know, sort of luminous, uh, you know, figure this, the, the, the glory, the, 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 the fading glory of the elves, right? Like in their, in, in this time of their fading and dwindling, you know, there is like amongst them the one, you know, the, the one shining star that is like sort of presiding in some sense over the evening, uh, you know, over the, 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 the twilight of the elves in Middle Earth. Um, <laughs> But in what sense, exactly, is she shining over them? Like, just because she's real pretty? Comp- you know, I mean, like, the, again, that's her as an object of beauty or as, as, as a beautiful object, right, to be admired, is the context in which it's brought up there, um, you know, in The Lord of the Rings.
1: Sure. And I, and I think that in that context, that makes sense. And where she ends up in that story isn't something she knows about yet. Mm-hmm. so part of writing her storyline for the frame here was can we do this in a way that can lead to where she ends up mm-hmm. but could also lead to very different places. Right. And so we were just trying to see what she would be thinking and feeling right now mm-hmm. and what, what does she need to do to get to that end point.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the thing that I really liked about where we start with Arwen here in this frame is cuz it's sort of where she ended up in the last in the season 2 frame is she's uh, more activist than the other elves right um unlike Galadriel and Celebron you just sit around you know in their forest Doing apparently nothing, right? Arwen wants to be out and doing things, and she wants to be. You know, she feels like there's the, you know, this this the serious responsibility, you know, that needs to be, um, uh, that that needs to be that that needs to be taken, um, and we can see the the same. By the way, my favorite line of the entire, I think it was one of yours, Maria's, it, it was from Celebrine when she turns to see Celebrine, and Celebrine's like. <laughs> Sometimes it seems like I'm, uh, I've been. Here. She's like, "How long have you been here?" <laughs> and Kaliborn is like, I don't, I don't, "Yeah." Some days it seems as if I've always been here, right? <laughs> and he doesn't actually add, and nobody ever notices me. I'm you know, I was surprised that you took any notice of me. Um, yeah, no, I loved it. It was great. Um, but um, but anyway, so we see her. here. So in the the difference now. Is that where she was thinking? Season two, chronologically, is um, is is well before this is you know like a decade before. it's um, uh, th- th- Still, wait, when exactly was it? It's after the Hobbit events, right?
1: Right, right. So Aragorn is ten years old when the Hobbit takes place, and that's yep. the season one frame. So the season two frame is. A somewhat unspecified amount of time shortly thereafter. Right. And then at this point, we're 10 years after The Hobbit. So it's been almost a decade since that time. But they're elves. But they're elves, which means
0: it's been 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Or
1: a year, but like, yeah, it it shouldn't feel like it's been that long to them. And so that was part of the idea of returning to her where she was when we last saw her, as if nothing had really changed. Was kind of important to maintain Lothlorien as this timeless place.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's really interesting how. So she is concerned about. So Sauron has returned to Mordor and has declared himself openly. Uh, this is like the 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 current events, right? This is this is this is sort of the new thing. Arwen's mm-hmm. been. She's hearing this. She's concerned, and again, all of the like both first Caliburn and Galadriel. And then her dad are both like, yeah, well, you know, this happens every few thousand years, it seems, something like this comes along. Like, they don't seem to share her sense of the immediacy of the situation,
2: right?
1: Right. So she's young, right? Yeah. She's like the young elf.
2: Like, yeah. you think about how um, youth activism happens. Right. And when, you know, young people discover an issue that they care very deeply about and then that's a real issue like yeah deserves real legitimate absolutely absolutely but it's the most important how could how is everybody not right
0: how can anyone else live knowing that this is happening and yeah not doing anything about it you know yeah
2: (laughs) one must live
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes Yes, um and it isn't that you know Goaddri and Calborn or her dad are are like downplaying it and saying it doesn't matter isn't a big deal yeah. but I I, I I felt that it was one of the one of the really successful elements of those scripts was that sense of the the distance between her perspective and their perspective and her mm-hmm. the the her her kind of concern and theirs as they discuss it and we had there were there were conversations with with Caliborn and goaddri and Um, Elrond, all three separately, right? Uh, Sort of reflecting this to some extent. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because the
1: the thing that we need her to develop over the course of the season is a sense of hope. So Mm -hmm. she has to start out fairly out of that. Like, this is terrible. There is nothing that can be done we're all going to die, you know, has to be her conclusion to this news. And even when people are like, yeah, it's happened before. She's like, yeah. And before we had like a last alliance that, you know, right. Isn't going to happen this time. So.
0: (laughs) And I can't help but notice that before we did something about it every time.
2: it happened, Right. 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 But but ultimately she has to develop a relationship with
1: Estelle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So she's, she's starting out with a level of fear that. Celeborn, Galadriel, Elrond, they don't respond to this news with that amount of fear. Right, right, right. Not only has it happened before, but they trust the process a little better. Right. And figure out, even if we don't know where it's going, we'll get there. (laughs) Like It doesn't look good now, but (laughs) something will arise. There will be an opportunity. (laughs) Right don't right. give up hope at the beginning as soon as you hear the bad news so that's right. the perspective that she doesn't have and being fearful is adding to her sense of urgency
0: yeah yeah one of the things that I think um, it comes through I think to some extent but I think it could come through even more strongly is essentially the diff the the, the, the omdir estelle distinction right because the what <laughs> when you're looking at when you're thinking about it right you can see that her problem is that she she she's sitting and she's like i don't have any uh, and just wait let me make sure to clarify Omdir and estel are at the two kinds of hope right Omdir, which basically means i think the chances of this coming out well are pretty good right that's the kind of that's that's what Omdir means um, uh, and uh, Estelle estel is Trust, this sort of deeper trust. Estelle is the, um, you know, there is light and high beauty, uh, you know, beyond the breach of the shadow. And um, yeah, Gil Estelle, the star of high hope. Um, but Estelle is very, <clears throat> very much the kind of hope that is rooted in faith and has little or even nothing to do with a confidence that things are going to turn out the way you want them to turn out right uh, that moment of Sam looking at the star um, his response to that is to lie down next to Frodo and go to sleep um, not because he's like I know you know I now am 100% confident that nothing bad is going to come to us um, that's not that would be um dear right um, or I, I now feel sure we're gonna we're gonna it's it's everything's going to be fine, right? He's no, not sure we have already
1: succeeded.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. No, he, instead, he is, um, uh, he, he, he trusts, right? He trusts that, uh, I, I think the the simplest articulation of Estelle is Galadriel's statement that what should be shall be. Like the mm. confidence that what should be shall be. And who knows what that's going to be? Or again, to use the, the vocabulary of Sam and Frodo, Sam especially uh, on the stairs of Cirith right doesn't know whether it's going to be a happy ending story or a sad ending story a sad ending story is one that does not uh, fulfill any amdir that the characters have right um, anyway so Arwen when confronted with the rise of Sauron looking around and assessing the strength of the elves to resist him she's like my Omdir is low you know, but the the last alliance barely panned out. Uh, you know, we defeated Sauron at a great cost, right? Um, so that was that was a success, though, again, hardly, like, an easy win or something like that. And yet now, here he's back again. Um, he's gaining in strength again, gathering all of his former allies and everything. It's, you know, so Sauron is back, like, as bad as ever, and we have nothing like the resources that we had before. And so from a pure Omdir perspective, it looks really bad. And that's where she's coming from, right? So, so that 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 distinction of I don't have hope, I don't have um, Amdir hope, right? Um, and it, it's not that anyone is. Um, there is like an aggressive lack of cheering her up when it comes to this, like <laughs> California <laughs> Cal- and Galadriel. Nobody is like, oh, you know. Buck up, Arwen, it might you know it's it's not as bad as it looks and they're like, Oh yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Yeah, no, I said, ch- very small chance of victory. Yeah, no, you're right. Yep, yeah, no, we can't really rely last alliance isn't gonna happen again. She's like, maybe we could do it again. No, no, can't do the last alliance again. All right, that was a one that was a one off. Um so uh nope, nope, I don't see I don't see any I don't see any path forward, right? Like it's uh, there's there's no um there's no strategy here. Uh, to overthrow Sauron, um, and then she, and she seems to be perplexed that they're not more bothered about this the, because none of them seem to be. None of the three of them seem to be bothered.
2: I um, I have found myself having that very conversation with with my wife, who did not grow up in steeped in this this mindset um, mm-hmm. where like she'll be very concerned about something that's happening like yeah that's it's not great (laughs) right but uh you know we'll we'll figure something out (laughs) right Right. you know like yeah i don't have to i don't have to know that you know that success is on the horizon to you know to to feel the estelle (laughs) yes yeah um
0: yeah exactly so anyway I, i i can definitely see how that is happening within arwen's story within our, within our one's conversation. Um, I think maybe I, hitting the Omdir versus Estelle point a little bit harder might be good. Um, mm. Cause it was, I think it was, it was, it was missable. Well, at least it was, I thought it was. Um, mm-hmm.
1: right. In scenes that are only two, three, four pages long. It is yeah, easy it's to not yeah. include yeah. everything that should be Absolutely. there. So yeah, I agree that uh, the Omdir thing is important to understand as a distinction of Estelle, because she's kind of upset that they don't have a plan,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but they're all saying there's time for a plan to develop. Like we're not panicking because it's not the moment of truth yet. Like we're, we're, we're in early stages here. We we have to see how this is going to play out. Yes. So, and that's something that she's just not as willing to do because She's worried. Right.
0: Absolutely. And um, so another element, the idea of there being hope in men, right? Again, not Amdir, but Estelle. So what does that mean exactly? Um, and one of the things I think that that means, and again, this wasn't, I don't know that this needs to be stated out explicitly, but um, really understandable for Arwen to be panicking just a little bit, right? The firstborn are fading, right? The elves have been leaving. Even if 100% of the elves remaining in Middle-earth were to get together and try to oppose Sauron, we wouldn't be strong enough to do it anymore. Um, and most of them aren't. Most of them are getting on the boats and leaving, right? That's their, their reaction to it. And again, this we've already explored that with her and her kind of not being of that mindset. But more than the question is, okay, so if that's the case, the coming of the dominion of men. Um, this is apparently part of the plan, right? There, ne- There is hope in men. Um, remember, I think this is, okay, so I can't help but think of the moment in the film, right? When Gandalf says to Elrond, like that we must put our hope in men and grumpy Elrond has his grumpiest line. Right. Men are weak. He says, right. Um, I was there Gandalf, right. That whole scene. Um,
1: I love the, I was there. I hate the grumpy Elrond. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Terrible. But no, line. Right? I was
1: there. Awesome line. <laughs>
0: awesome line. Yeah, exactly. Um, but notice that, how Elrond is responding, he's responding as if Gandalf has said, we should put our Umdir in men, right? And Elrond is like, oh yeah, that's a horrible plan, right? To put our Umdir in men. But that's not the point. The point is putting your Estelle in men. What does that mean? In what sense is there Estelle in men? And I think the only real answer to that question is, well, um, apparently for one, like, it is part of the design, it is part of the purpose, it is part of the shape of the history of Middle-earth that the firstborn shall fade and shall be supplanted by the second comers who, who who come afterwards. Like, it isn't merely just because the elves are chickening out and going across the sea. The, the fading of the firstborn is, is a real thing, right? And it seems like this is in Iluvatar's wisdom, this seems to be, this is the story of middle earth. And so therefore we have to have Estelle that if the if if the plan is going to be that the firstborn are going to fade like the last alliance was the last alliance for a reason, right? Not because everyone was like, oh yeah let's never do this again, <laughs> right? But because that's the whole direction in which you know, history is headed. And to I mean,
2: believe... The leaders did this-
1: all die. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, yes. Exa- I mean, that's another good reason not to do it again. Uh, and and <laughs> given that that happened, there is a suggestion that the casualties were likely pretty heavy. Like, not just among the leadership, but amongst, you know, everybody.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but do you see what I mean by Estelle in men? Like, to trust that, okay, if... If what is happening, whether anybody likes it or not, like no elves, no choice of like if if all of the elves did like Arwen, right, and tried to rally around, it doesn't change the fact that the time of the of the that that the elder days are passing and the time of the dominion of men is coming. That's happening, right? And if that's happening, then you kind of have to trust. It must be a good idea. There must be there must be hope. In that there must be hope, despite that it's it's not a reason to despair. Which is what Ar- Ar- Arwin is kind of doing, right? We can't, we elves don't anymore have the because of the fading, because of the the sailing west. We don't have the resources to oppose this anymore. Therefore, everything's going to be awful. No, no, trust, right? Yeah, like not, it is going to be different from last time. It's not the last alliance anymore, um, and of course peeking ahead because we know what is in fact going to happen right um the establishment of the dominion of men right aragorn's kingship as you know aragorn as this this you know the figure that he is going to be the the transition point from the elder days to the uh, to the dominion of men to come right that is in fact going to be pivotal to the to the overthrow of the shadow, it is in fact going to end up being the arising of the dominion of men, uh, and the and the initiation of the beginning of men that is going to directly contribute to the to the downfall of Sauron. Um, so there is Estel, of course, and it's all about Aragorn, right? It's all about Estel. Um, so that works pretty well.
1: And if there's one elf who has that idea very clearly in mind, it's Elrond. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The one who mm-hmm. was like, you know what? Aragorn needs to be a secret name that no one knows about. Let's call this kid Estelle. Right. <laughs> like...
2: And, you know, it's it's interesting that Aragorn, and in fact, Frodo and Sam, so those are kind of the three characters that the yeah. success of the Lord of Rings yeah. hinges on, right? Yeah, Yeah. And all three of them are deeply inspired by the very story we're telling. Yes. Yes so if this story had not happened, let's say everything else worked out somehow. Yes. Then Lord of the Rings has a very different shape. Yeah. And it's possible that Frodo does not step forward Mm -hmm. and accept the quest. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible Sam doesn't leave the Shire with him even. And it's certainly possible that Aragorn never becomes the the man he was born yeah. to be. You
0: know? Yes, absolutely. And, and I think about this as well. For Aragorn, in the Fellowship of the Ring, when he first is talking about the Baron and Lithian story, right, when it first comes to our attention in the Lord of the Rings, the significance that Aragorn himself gives to the story, right, which is echoed by Legolas uh, in The Return of the King, right, never shall that line fail, the line of Luthien, right? Um, Arwen, or Aragorn is interested in, I mean, you could say that there's a, you know, sort of self-interested narrative on Aragorn's part as he's like, and their line comes down to me, right? But, but it's, it's not self-aggrandizing, right? It is, it is the significance of the Baron and Luthien story Sort of is is in both the beginning and the end. It's 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 a complete framing narrative of the Lord of the Rings in a bunch of ways, right? It's it, it's the star in the sky, and it's also Aragorn himself, right?
2: Yeah, and uh, although it's not like Aragorn is above a little resume shouting, um, <laughs> right? He's been known to do that.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. You know,
2: which which it's interesting because like that. God, it reads very strange to a modern reader. Yeah. But how else would, like, nobody's going to know otherwise. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, like, we've been so trained. Think about how difficult people find it to have conversations with the, their employers about, you know, why they need a raise. and Right, you know. right. And, it, and and that feels like that's kind of been imposed on us by society, and so maybe maybe a little bit of resume shouting isn't the worst thing ever.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, goodness, you compare Aragorn's resume shouting to somebody like Beowulf's, right? I mean, it's 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 a thing. It's the thing you do, like you know. Humility way overrated as far as Beowulf is concerned, but or it's not even about humility. Like that's not even the question. Um, he's, uh, he's explaining who he is. They need to know who he is. Right. And he's not right. going to be shy that's, about
2: telling them who yeah, he is. It's not like they can look him up on Facebook, you know, right. like exactly. Exactly. How there else are be- people going to know about your mighty deeds if you don't tell right. them? If you don't tell
0: them. About- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and um, right. Of course I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, uh, you know, when you're talking about res- uh, resume shouting by Aragorn, um, you know, my my the uh, will you aid me or thwartly, thwart me, choose swiftly um, uh, moment is m- my favorite of them, right? When he gives yes. his, uh, when he really, uh, you know, pulls his resume out of his pocket and <laughs> smacks Amir across the face with it, right? <laughs> um, yes, yes. Um, but... Um, Anyway, yeah, thinking about the relationship, and this, this, is, this is a good segue into one of the other things that I wanted to talk about before we get into sort of the details of the frame or the, the structure of the frame, is more about the relationship between the two stories, right? the thing that makes this such an attractive frame for this story is the, is is the connection and connection on several levels. You know, Nick, as you're suggesting, not just the parallel, right? Baron meets Luthien, Aragorn meets Arwen, obvious resonance and explicit connections made. So let's do them both at once. Um, But even the ways in which there are some, um Nick, as you were implying almost causal relationships between the older story and the newer story, right?
2: Um, um As yeah. Sam says, they they it's the same story. It's the same story. They're, still yeah. in the <laughs> story. they're still in the
0: same story, yeah, exactly. Um and so that's that's what's sort of interesting here, right? How does the how does the 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 story of the frame connect? With the like, so the central I- themes, the central ideas of the frame story, this frame story, um, the way that we're telling in here connect with the central themes of season six. They don't have to be identical exactly, right? It's not like we have to say, like, okay, whatever the theme is of the season, those are the same ideas that need to be worked out in the frame mm-hmm. narrative. Um, but, um, but here. Because the links are already—I mean, like take by contrast. Um, last season was Gandalf in Har—was in, it? Was that last season? That was last season, right? So season five, right? Uh, Gandalf in Harad has. No direct link to the Dagor Bragollach, right? I mean, there's, there's, you know, it, there, there isn't that same exact linear connection. We don't have continuity of characters or or a, a parallel situation, you know, that's right. just like that. You know, the, 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 there's there were none of those kinds of connections, um, and so in some ways that kind of left us freer to play with the, you know, some picking up on some similar kind of themes or scenarios. Um, here, the 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 closeness of similarity between the two of them makes it um, more complicated in some ways. Yes. more challenging. Yeah,
2: because finding the, hitting the beats similarly yes becomes an issue. Um, yeah. and <laughs> I just I, I just got an image of Elron. Telling uh, Arwen, you best start believing in fairy stories, Missy. (laughs) You're in one, you know. Um, But, uh, yeah, essentially, the the deeper the connection between the frame Mm -hmm. and the main story, the more difficult it is. Because it can feel a little heavy handed. It can feel like you're trying to pigeonhole these moments in to fit the um, the other story. And so, that you know, there was definitely a challenge that we were working yeah. through in a lot of these situations.
0: And especially given the fact that the sort of number one recurring theme of season six has been escape, right? Yes. And nobody really needs to escape from anything in the yeah. frame, right? Yeah. Um, Elrond notably does not, um, you know, incarcerate Arwen, um, you know, or Eric yeah, at, <laughs> at any point
2: in this story. Um, the, the realization that these characters needed to gain, however, is something that gets picked up by the mm-hmm. main story, and mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons why I think it's really good that we kind of ended the season. Um, I don't know if we ended it exactly, but pr- pretty much one of the last scenes we get of the season is going to be Maedros realizing and taking hope, mm-hmm. gaining Estelle mm-hmm. from the, um, from yes. the actions of Baron and Luthien. Just as the characters in our story are gaining that same Estelle, yes, yes, in our frame story, actually. right? No, that makes sense
1: because there's a lot of facing nearly impossible tasks throughout season six, like pretty much (laughs) the whole thing. (laughs) And then Luthien can do anything, so it's fine. But the challenges in the frame are written in a much smaller level. Neither of them are going out and doing anything about the big challenge they're facing, really. So they're trying to find their way and figure it out, but... Arwen's not going to be Luthien right. in In the frame. But she is worried about, what are we going to do about Sauron? Yep. And that's a question that comes up in our main story a few times. <laughs>
0: sure, sure, exactly. But yeah,
1: I think in, in the
0: end, um, I think that you guys have hit on well, in as much as the, this parallel and working out the parallel is a problem, I think you guys have hit exactly the perfect solution to the problem. The Estel is the perfect solution to the problem. Not only logical in the context of Aragorn uh, in Rivendell, but um, th- that seems to me the perfect connection between the two ideas. That is the uncertainty about the rising shadow that is coming. And that is, um, I I, 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 I love the interaction. Aragorn's not thinking about that yet, right? Aragorn and Arwen's next conversation is going to be about the shadow, right? Uh, And resisting the shadow. Um, But Aragorn's not thinking about that right now. I mean, that's not what's on his mind. Um, But we have the specter of the rising shadow In the East, you have the revelation of Aragorn as this figure tied to the past, which, by the way, love the way that um, Aragorn talking to Glorfindel in episode one um, about the past. Right. Um, And then when Aragorn himself received the Ring of Barahir, uh, uh, especially the Ring of Barahir um, uh, from Elrond later on. He was asking him about the Dagor Bragollach, and can you give me a first hand account, Corfindel, of how things were in Beleriand then? And he was like, "Nope, sorry, was locked up in uh, in uh, in in Gondolin. We were having a great time. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't didn't see the whole thing. Um, yeah, it, a- it
2: went great actually. There was <laughs> hardly any
0: noticeable things happened. <laughs> exactly, exactly." Um, But the ring of Barahir, right, which that he, that Aragorn himself receives was right there in the middle of the Dagor Bragalach, right? And so Aragorn with the ring of Barahir on his hand, there's that moment of transition, right? When when Elrond bestows the Shards of Narsil and the ring of Barahir on Aragorn and he, you know, he puts them on, um, he becomes then. Like a, a, like a figure who is himself linked to history, right, in the same way that um, that he was kind of uh, sort of talking to, to, to Glorfindel, you know, that, that, the, the kind of wonder of, um, you know, which, which did seem to me to have a, a shadow of that wonder that Frodo feels in the Council of Elrond that makes him mm. bust out with the, you know, uh, with the, his awkward and embarrassing question to Elrond when Elrond starts talking about the Last Alliance. But um wait
1: wasn't that a long time ago on
0: <laughs>
3: right, hang on, yeah, <laughs> I was,
0: like, hang on. It, it it does not compute my my you know my 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 mind is being blown right now um, i mean
2: i i have felt similar like so um thomas jefferson had a summer home here in lynchburg yeah and uh i've worked in his attic and so yeah and so like just like this is this is insane this is an insane (laughs) thing that i'm doing right now i'm walking around in thomas jefferson's attic (laughs) what is happening right so yeah right
0: right right yeah yeah no exactly that sense of being of being of being there of being of being a part of it and aragorn suddenly finds himself um a part of history in this way you know himself this figure of history that go- that connects him back to Isildur and Elendil and beyond back into the first Age and even back to the Dagor Bragalock itself.
2: Um, Yay there. Do I see the line of my people back to the beginning? Yeah. Somebody on this podcast should see that movie.
1: <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> i know you have <laughs> well most of the things i haven't but that one i have but uh, yeah i
2: understood that reference
1: exactly yeah yeah no i mean i teach teenagers so all i have to do is say i remember things that happened last century and they're really impressed that i was alive back then
3: right yeah so, exactly
0: yeah, um, exactly yeah. yep um but um anyway i, so, yeah, I think elves are that... just like
1: that they've been they've been around right. a while.
0: elves are just like that <laughs> exactly exactly Um, uh, but yeah, I, so yes, the, the, as I said, Estelle is the solution, right? Um, because at the end of the day, that's what is the, the end of the Baron and Luthien story as well, right? When it comes to escape and what happens and the choice that's made in Mando's, right? At the end of the day, it's going to be about Estelle there as well. Um, and so... That seems to me the very sensible connection between the two. And in some ways, actually, what I think, I think the payoff potentially could be that the resolution of the frame narrative, in fact, can inform the main story as well, that like we can articulate in the context of the frame, the thing that is relevant to, but not Explicitly articulated within the main story, there. Um, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can carry on lobbying. Nick It's good. It's good. Sorry, Nick is ch- in the chat is uh you know, lobbying for the thirteenth warrior as an adaptation an adaptation of Beowulf would be a good topic for other minds and hands. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you.
2: I figured I figured, you know, getting getting the people on my side might uh
0: <laughs> Right. It will happen. It's true. I still haven't seen the movie. So that's it. it will I, I'm
2: just teasing. Over, it, will happen. But it It just seems such an odd, an odd thing to be missing.
0: <laughs> I agree. I agree. I am full of odd holes in my uh, uh, movie watching experience. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So let's talk about the, the, the shape in Greater detail here. So, um, let me look at where did I put the schedule? I had the schedule somewhere. Here's the schedule. Okay. Uh, the outline. <laughs> so, um, episode. So, we start. So, in episode one, that's the necromancy episode, right? We've Great. got Sauron figuring things out. Um, we're introduced to Bari here's band. Um, we commission the Now Glamere. And at the same, that's the one where Aragorn is reading about the Dagor Bragalach. And I like that because we've got the explicit link back to the end of the previous season, right? So we're starting the first episode of season six with an immediate recollection, historical callback to um, what ended season five. Um, And I assume that this means that we're cutting straight from the scene in which Aragorn is reading about the Dagor Bragalach Uh, we're cutting straight from that to the like scene of the battlefield covered with dead. And it's the other way around. We start with the battlefield covered with dead and we segue to Aragorn.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. That's a short little thing that, uh, that, that teaser.
1: Okay. Right. Right. Um, The the idea uh, was to keep Mando's completely separate from the actual rest of the episode. Right. Right.
0: Okay. No, makes sense. makes sense. Um, Okay, so, so it's I see how very
1: beginning. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. very good. And and those two things still juxtaposed against each other. exactly.
1: So okay, dead souls from the dagger braggelock. Twenty year old Aragorn reading about the dagger braggelock.
0: Right. Okay, and then episode two, which is, um, the, this is the one that ends with the death of the band uh, Barahir's band, right? Correct. Um,
3: by right, so Thorin the betrayal Bezul- of Gorlam. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Gorlem's Betrayal and everything. This is Arwen initially. Arwen with... uh, She talks to both Celeborn and Galadriel separately in this episode, right?
1: Celeborn was in episode one, so... At the end okay. of the episode, and all right, right, the, right. See, we got both characters gotcha. in the same episode.
0: In the it same was like, episode, right? Yeah, yeah Look at that! But, me not even giving you credit for that. Yes,
1: yeah. You'll notice that I am claiming all the credit. Look what we did! We did what you asked. I know, um,
0: exactly. There we go.
1: But uh, in episode two, it's Arwen talking to Galadriel in both scenes. Um, yeah. But these are also just the tag and the teaser, so these are the short two-minute scenes, right? Um, right. That frame out the episode,
0: right. OK, um, so her concern about the rise of the shadow is because I'm thinking now I know there's more to the relationship between these two stories than the mere juxtapositions between the events. But I'm I'm thinking it through in terms of the juxtapositions to make sure that I'm a, and, and, and certainly it's not that every frame bit has to correspond in some direct way to the main thing that's going on in the episode. But um but I'm just trying to get the juxtapositions clear in my head. So um, so the betrayal of Gorlim and the the death of Bari here is being juxtaposed here with Arwen's concerns about the rise of the shadow and her conversation with Galadro about that.
1: And her right. and determination,
0: so, she's going to go to Rivendell to ask her dad.
1: Right. So what's really being juxtaposed there is that Barry here and some of the outlaws are like, you know what? We're probably done in Orthonian. We should probably go to Brethel soon. Yeah. And they don't in time, obviously, but they're very much leaning in that direction. And so that's what Arwen's thing is being put with, is that she's saying, hey, we should leave. It's about to get bad.
2: And she, in fact, does not leave in time (laughs) to not fall in love with Aragorn and (laughs) wind up mortal and dying. Right.
1: Right. but that's the tension of both stories. That is the decision of, are we to the point where we do something now? Have we, have we got there yet?
0: (laughs) That sense of increasing urgency and something Mm -hmm. must be done. And yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. Okay.
0: Um, so in episode three, Baron, uh, takes vengeance. This is the Baron solo in Dorthonian episode. Um, this is, this is the Baron and his dog episode. Um, and that's being juxtaposed with Aragorn being told his true lineage right yes. so he's given his he's given his name so he actually right with the ring of bar here that's lovely the the the, the recapture of the ring of bar here from the orcs at the same time that Aragorn is so so uh El- Elrond is going to be putting the ring of bar here on Aragorn's hand in the same episode in which Baron is going to be taking the ring of Barahir here off the dismembered hand of his father so that's cool um
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, the the frame adds a bit of lightness to an otherwise really heavy episode,
0: really grim episode. Yeah, there's a yeah, reason sure. we had to
1: give Baron a dog. <laughs> like, right? Your entire family just got killed, but look, there's a dog.
0: But 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 the dog still lives. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, I, I I like that, and of course, again, that that that's an I mean, apart from just lightness, uh, it also. There's some real hope that that brings in right to show sure. the the long term destiny, you know, that this is uh, things look fairly grim for Baron at this point. But, um, you know, we have this little spoiler in the frame that things are going to work out because, look, you know, thousands of years later, that ring is still being handed down. Um so something's gonna happen. <laughs> something's gonna happen. Yeah. Right. Like yeah.
1: people might get the impression from our frame story that Glorfindel is totally gonna survive the fall of Gondolin. <laughs> <laughs> True. He's there in Rivendell. True. So True. he must be just fine.
2: Yep. Oh, oh
0: wow, yes. What a um Wait, oh, yes. But
2: didn't he how did
0: <laughs> that's a plot hole. <laughs> that's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, we'll oh, play what with a fake out. Stuff. I didn't even think of that fake out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> but, oh, uh, but yes, the idea is that if we're going to have Elrond tell Aragorn, here's this really important relic from the past, yeah. it helps if we know the importance of at least one of the items that are being discussed there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've Absolutely. heard the name of Narsil before, but the, the scepter of Anu Minas is literally right. just a name at this point right. in the story. Like, we don't yeah. even know yeah. what kingdom that's referring to.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So then in our big Tenuvial Tenuvial episode, um, uh, we don't have the meeting of Aragorn and Arwen. That, and that was obvious, that, that struck me very clearly as a very deliberate choice uh, uh, there, not to have those two things line up as they might have done. Um, so tell me about instead what you were hoping to accomplish in the frame, sort of juxtaposed with the meeting of Baron and Luthien.
1: Right. So we wanted to delay the meeting of Aragorn and Arwen so yeah. that, it would feel like it was calling back to i think the audience already knew rather right. than something that they had seen 2 seconds ago on screen like they, <laughs> right. we needed a little bit of distance yeah um but instead we are working both Aragorn and Arwen into this frame story mm-hmm. so now they're both in Rivendell and um they are responding to the things that they had introduced already so mm-hmm. Aragorn's now dealing with the fallout of this news that was just shared with him like oh no my whole life was a lie and I thought I was some nobody who could just do whatever I wanted and now I found out that I'm actually on a pedestal and people look up to me and I've been being like this thoughtless jerk the whole time because I never knew kind of is his dilemma that he's going through right here not entirely that but
0: I kind of loved that, like, oh, so that's why those Dunedine treated me so weird back, right.
1: <laughs> back when I was a kid.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like all of a sudden it makes <laughs> sense yeah. to me why <laughs> Hamilcar trapped, trucked into the woods and died for me. Right. That's right. terrible.
1: Right. Um, so he, he has guilt. And the yes. if I'd known I would have done this differently. Mm-hmm. So the whole why didn't you tell me thing is his – he's got a little bit of anger about that because you think usually you don't, like, wait until someone's grown up to mention, like, so, hey, you're adopted. Or, like, oh, hey, that person you thought was your parent isn't. You know, like, you don't just bring that on people at that stage. Typically, I mean, if you're being a thoughtful
2: (laughs) – one thing. One thing that is – being demonstrated through the frame here though is how these two people are kind of being driven at each other by fate Mm -hmm. in the same way that baron and luthien are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there are elements that they don't quite have control over that are not which isn't quite you know um they have they have agency of course but there are elements of their story that are pushing them towards right right their eventual meeting
0: right and so and this is the place where where i mean it's on the summary here that elrond and arwen are talking about what it means to be the even star right right yeah, so that
1: yeah so the idea here is that neither aragorn nor arwen are accepting the lessons that are being handed on right. in this episode at all right right so arwen is trying to figure out, well, what does it mean to be the even star of my people? And clearly that means I should be a leader and keep them safe and save them from whatever disaster is coming and, like, be proactive here. And Elrond is more like, well, you know, even star, evening, end of an age. (laughs) That's how these things work. Um, And she's like, okay, yeah, sure, dad, whatever. Like, so she hears him, but doesn't really buy into his viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And so that... That conversation's not over. And Ryan is definitely going to regret what she does here, is trying to connect Estelle, I mean Aragorn, to his heritage, tries to bring in the lay of Lathian and the importance right. of his heritage and what it means to be a Dunedain, essentially. Right. And...
0: She tells him to think about Baron, right?
1: Kind of, yeah. Which
0: kind of backfires on her. it does and
1: (laughs) also aragorn's takeaway is well fingal was a terrible king right like he so he's not even connecting to the heritage part he's like oh no it's my job to be a king and i don't know how and i'm going to be a terrible one right right so so they're they're having important meaningful conversations with parental figures but it is Definitely not on the same page, and this is, of course, an episode that ends with single saying, Well, I was going to say <laughs> you should the... go on this quest and grab a Silmaril if you want to marry my daughter. So, speaking right. of conversations with parents that don't go well,
0: exactly. Well, and that's the obvious juxtaposition. Like we can't um, the parallel between <laughs> the parallel between Aragorn and Beren is, or the 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 parallel between Arwen and Luthien is explicit and a no brainer. Right, the parallel between Baron and Aragorn is almost equally obvious and perfectly comfortable. The parallel between Thingol and Elrond is way less comfortable, right, uh, and way, way less simple. Um, and we already—I mean, we can't avoid the the parallel, right? Um, and here it's going to be a screaming parallel, right, because we're probably going to be cutting straight from. Um, you know, Doriath, and we're you know from from Thingol and Doriath and Baron walking out on his quest to like, come, daughter, let us have a conversation about about your future, right? Um, with Arwen, um, people are going to be uh, thinking about Thingol and Elrond. Um, some of that, I think, almost has to rub off, on, especially if we have Arwen and Elrond kind of not seeing eye to eye in that moment, right? Some of that, I think, has to rub off on Elrond. I think we need... And I just want to be sort of, like, cautious about how that happens and what rubs off.
1: When I said we accidentally gave Elrond a story this season... Right. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to just let him sit there and be the foil for Thingol because that's not his actual role in the story. And I I recognize that he is, of course, going to put... A condition on Aragorn, which is Harwin kind someday. of
0: an almost impossible quest, almost certain to end in Aragorn's death.
1: But right. apart but. from
0: that, there are almost no similarities.
2: The, yeah, no, the, you're right. The you're right. The difference is that Elrond actually expect, actually thinks that Aragorn has a shot at doing the thing. Whereas going to be cheering for him, as, as right. <laughs> right? Right. And, whereas <laughs> Thingol very explicitly has no expectation that Beren's ever going to be seen again with or without a sunril.
1: Yeah. And that was the, well, what is the plan then? Like, what is the goal? How are we going to defeat Sauron? We can't just sit here and wait for him to kill us all. Right. Elrond recognizes this. He knows that Arwen's not going to accept a, let's just find out. Answer. So over right. the course of the season he tells her more and more things and he sets up some little opportunities for her to see things and observe them herself. And she she's very much onto him, but right. goes along with it and is like, Okay, Dad, let's mm-hmm. talk about this. So finally, yeah. towards the end of the season, they sit down and talk and he tells her explicitly, Look, we're gonna need men <laughs> in this yeah. fight against Sauron and yeah. the men need a leader. And if we can restore the kingship in Gondor, that'll go a long way towards confronting Sauron. Yeah. So telling this kid, by the way, you're heir of the sildar and your heir of that throne, here's the trappings of your house. Here's a quest to go on. Go out right. into the wild and prove yourself. Like Elrond is putting a path in front of Aragorn saying, here's a thing you can do with your life. Right. Rather than is- saying... You have to achieve this in order to get the thing you really wanted.
2: And this is where we got Elrond as chess master. And, you know, uh, I think we had a discussion a while back about, you know, who in Middle Earth is Sauron's equal in intellect. Mm -hmm. And I think the only two answers that we got as far as this point in history goes is... Elrond and perhaps Galadriel, yeah, like Galadriel's his is certainly uh, approaching a match for him in like power, power or will. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but for intellect, you're you're going to Elrond. Yep, agreed. And,
1: and they both are very Elvish in the let's just preserve things the way they are. We've got these rings. Mm-hmm. I've got mm-hmm. Rivendell. You've got Lothlorien. Yep. Like they're very. Together on that, Galadriel is with Elrond on the. There's going to be a new kingship in Gondor thing, and I'm going to help facilitate. I yeah. mean, she sets up Aragorn and Arwen in a way that Elrond wasn't going to. Yeah. Do. Yeah. So, so she she does her side of it mm. to show yep. that she's part of this plan for the future as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I love, so. I love how on the one hand there is a strong superficial, like you can construct as I was just kind of, um, semi jokingly doing, make a parallel between what Thingol does and what Elrond does. Um, the, the laying of the condition of, you know, marrying the immortal daughter, um, and and have it be an impossible quest to almost certainly to end in his death. Um, but of course the differences really are very superficial there. Um, at the heart of it, the thing that Thingol sends Baron to do is, from Thingol's perspective, fundamentally selfish. Right? Like, bring me a Silmaril. Like, bring me, bring me a treasure that I, can, which is going to cause all kinds of problems. Right? Like that. It's it's. As Millions, this is a really, really, really bad... So, like, the thing that he has him do... Of course, and ironically, the thing which is a really selfish and and horrible thing for Thingol to do turns out to be the thing that leads to Gil Estelle and, and, you know, great good comes of it, obviously, um, because this is Tolkien and that's how things work. While still being evil. While still being... Exactly. But
1: but no thanks to Thingol. But no thanks to (laughs) Thingol. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas
0: Elrond, um, there is um, both in... How he sets up Aragorn, and like the path that he sets, there, he sets Aragorn on a path not towards execution, but towards self-sacrifice, right? Um and he himself um, like this the the situation that he creates, um, whereas Thingle creates a situation where basically one way or the other, one of us is definitely screwed, or possibly both of us. Right, um, as as an outcome of of, of these things, Elrond sets um, Aragorn on a path where one of us is going to have is going to sacrifice themselves, and 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 if you succeed, it's going to be me. Right. And if uh and if you don't succeed, it's going to be you. Or it's gonna be both of us probably. Right. Um but again so there's so many superficial parallels and yet the, the heart and spirit of it is completely opposite between the two of them. Um yeah. and I, at, I really the, I really like that.
1: At the end of the day, Elrond has been Aragorn's father. Yes. And that's I mean, yes, he fostered all the um, heirs of the Dunedain in, in Rivendell. So that's like nothing new. Right. But Aragorn was the first one with a dead father and a dead grandfather. Right. None of the other ones had that situation. So they all had a father figure who was mm-hmm. a relative. So Elrond could be involved, but he didn't have to like be the yeah. dad. And we've shown him as a tutor and as uh, someone who gives advice and who tries to set. Aragorn on the path like he's mm-hmm. very much trying to be his father. Right. So it's a lot different than Thingol going, "Mm, men, I don't like them. Get out." Right. You know, like who's this guy I didn't invite to the party whereas yeah. Elrond genuinely cares about Aragorn and that's been clear for a long time.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um yeah, yeah. Okay. So so the contrast then the fun contrast between in specific, I'm thinking that back to specifically the end of episode four, right? We've just seen Thingol send Baron on the quest and that's being immediately juxtaposed with Elrond and Arwen's discussion in which Elrond is basically saying, um, that, um, men are going to, be important, right?
1: Eh, it, N- th- not immediately. There, no, that's going to be a later episode. Okay. So, okay, here it's about the even star.
0: It's about the even star, and
1: okay. it happens in the middle of the episode. So, ah, right around the Baron okay. and Luthien chasing each other around the woods, falling in love, gotcha. stuff. Gotcha. gotcha. That's gotcha. where all and I Sit down and talk. I see. I see. Then the framing out the episode is Ryan trying to tell aragorn about the tale of baron and luthien and so right after we see baron leave you have aragorn's commentary on that tale which is wow worst king ever uh, right, right. <laughs> don't want to okay. be that guy don't so... want to be that
3: guy
1: <laughs> he he got a message from the story not the one she intended maybe.
3: <laughs> right, um,
0: right. he's
1: going to get another message later on also definitely not the one she intended
0: right right so, yeah,
1: she's like right. uh, she's real upset with this lesson it did not go anywhere she wanted it <laughs> yes. to go yes yes so,
0: right. okay but no so actually so this th- that makes things much much easier if basically we're getting the Arwen and Elrond interaction prior to Thingol doing his thing at all then all that does is set up the contrast to show um, how much worse Thingol is than Elrond. Um, rather than if it, it, it if it did go the other way around, I was thinking of that as the end of the episode. In which case, if we're coming straight from the disapproving elf father yeah. to Elrond, it would be hard for that not to bleed over a little bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's still going to be. Bleed over, but oh, some, but it doesn't. It's it's not. It's mitigated at least. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: mitigated. It's not going to be the same. But that's so that. But that's really interesting. Then thinking about the even star and what her job is and what her role is, juxtaposed with um, Baron and Luthien meeting in the forest and dancing about. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's actually a really fun juxtaposition. Right. Right. Um, so yeah. so
1: yeah. In the meeting of Aragorn and Arwen. Arwen, of course, says after he's like, you look just like Luthien, <laughs> um, that you know, my fate may, may not be unlike hers, which is a really weird thing to say Very weird. to random human guy you just met. Yes. And so I w- kind of wanted it to have different possible mm-hmm. interpretations in our version. Right. And yeah, what Luthien does in our story is fight Sauron, fight (laughs) Morgoth, you know, like defeat evil. Yeah. She
0: is the obvious role model for Arwen in the frame of mind that Arwen is in right now. Right. Right.
1: So, yeah. So for Arwen's story, the, my fate may not be unlike hers, the, I might have to sacrifice something to save my people kind of thing. Right. Right. That's how
0: she's all she needs is a dog, fiction. right? Which she's got to be looking around for, right? You know, <laughs> and like, "Dad, you do ha- do you? Do you happen to have any large wolf hounds that might be handy?" I yeah, and
2: yeah. it's I mean it's a little on the superficial side, but it's important to note that the. Um, What's the word? The, the Appalachians. The 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 extra name that each of mm-hmm. them is given is Brunton to high focus here with yeah. Arwen's and uh, Udomnil uh, Undom- Undomio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I keep putting that n in the wrong place. Um, and uh, and Luthien's Tanuvia. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's great. Okay, so then. Episode five. Episode five is the going to Nargothrond to declare to, to declare the so yeah, we're 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 activating the Oath of Thanor in episode five and being imprisoned in the tree. Okay. Um, so Luthien is is in the is in the, is in the beach and not at the beach, that's different. She's in the beach and um, and uh, uh, Baron is in Nargothrond. Um and here we have Elrond and Arwen talking again this is this is Elrond talking about himself
1: here right this
0: is the this is this is the sort of corresponding conversation with the Celeborn and Galadriel conversations the one where Elrond is much less bothered than <laughs> than Arwen about the rise of the shadow right
1: right he though does well he, he follows up some of the things they did so yeah one thing Galadriel's like you should do whatever you think is best dear kind of thing which mm-hmm. is the thanks for the elvish advice that's awesome <laughs> but you know like no one tells arwen no at any point in this right. she's right. like i think we should do this okay if that's what you think
3: yeah
1: yeah, right, yeah yeah um and she's like no no, no i was looking for some support <laughs> right. maybe. that was a call to action uh, actually yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're not acting um yeah. But with, with Elrond, he kind of puts his own limitations in place. Because first he's just saying like, oh, you know, Rivendell is a haven and this is here for people. And if you're troubled right now, I'm glad you're here in our little haven and you can, yeah. you know, work through this. And she's like, but no, really, when it gets dangerous, we're still leaving, right? Like this haven's not actually going to be any good when Sauron attacks it. So right. step B is what? <laughs> right. And... Right that's when Elrond tells her that he's not going anywhere Mm -hmm. because he has a task in Middle-earth and he promised his brother that he'd watch after his descendants. And she's like, isn't that a a
0: really, a frankly open-ended promise?
1: (laughs) Right. It's one that goes on for literally ever and makes Elrond responsible for Gondor Arnor and like every human that's now. Right remotely right. of Numenorian descent somehow yeah so you know he can take it as loosely or strictly as he'd like but until he considers his job done he's bound here yeah um because you know when you make a promise it's a pretty serious thing in middle earth
2: right right so he's it turns out
1: yeah which is what ties into this episode because yeah. obviously finrod is bound by his promise as well yeah, right. um so that's that's where that is going. Is we put a, a restriction on Elrond that we'll have to um, make him decide that once Aragorn's king of Gondor, he's he's done.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say that's that's the the one challenge that is created by this promise that we've given Elrond is that we need yeah. to have a an expiration date on it somehow, um, so that people mm-hmm. don't think that Elrond is uh, you know um, Renegade, breaking yeah. his vow. Yeah, yeah. At the end when he leaves.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll have to be careful of, of how we word it, I suppose. But uh, yeah. the general idea being that if uh, Arwen's Queen of Gond- Gondor, then she can look after the descendants. <laughs> right. right like, and the, her the,
2: descendants can look after them.
1: Yeah, like Turns out... Yeah. So the intermarriage that's what it is to be
0: that. Right, exactly. It turns out it, it, that's what it means to be the even star, actually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And that in... in you know in uh, in you know granting the permission to wed right in, in joining their lines together that turns out to be the ultimate fulfillment of the promise yeah well, right so that that's yeah. when he's going
1: to say i'm done yeah right
2: also with the destruction of sauron like that too supernatural level evil is kind of like right right yep yeah L- less impactful let's say right
1: right Right. So we, we'll, we'll worry about all that when we get to the end of uh, uh, the first stage and have Elrond and Elros as young characters to figure out what they're going to do. But we've, we've had Elrond mention his brother before. It was from the very beginning of uh, season one. So mm-hmm. it, would, it would be good to, to keep that as the reminder of why he feels personally connected to the story of humans in Middle-earth. Right, right. And... That's leading into the there is hope in men, <laughs> right?
0: Right, okay, so that then leads to uh, episode was episode six, right? Mm-hmm. Episode six, which is um, we it ends with the the capture of Baron and Finrod, right? Um, mm-hmm. by Sauron and the imprisonment. does. Luthien leave at the end of this episode, or is it the next episode? She leaves. She yeah. leaves at the end of she this episode. She's at, at the end of this episode, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, and so this is with Elodon and Elro here. So we're talking about the rise of Sauron again, this time with her brothers. Right? hmm um, Yes. Now, she's a little dissatisfied with her brother's
1: attitude,
3: right?
1: She considers them short-sighted. Because yeah, like right. her her argument to this point has been why does no one want to do anything, you know? Right. she's talking to Calibor and Galadriel, and Elrond, who are like, wait and see, wait and see. So right. And here talks, these
2: guys are doing things all the time. Sure.
1: So they're a hundred percent behind the. Let's go kill some orcs. If there's more <laughs> right. orcs, we'll kill more of them. Right. Um, but and... she's
2: basically like, but you're not going to kill every one of them, right, surely. Isn't
0: you're 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 missing the big picture here this is this is
1: yeah right so so her frustration ends up going in both directions the 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 people who are just we're going to fight on the ground day to day like you don't have a long-term plan or goal so that's not going to be effective the people who are like wait and see she's like well you're going to wait and see too long and things are going to go bad on you you should probably do something about this so yeah we're just ramping up her frustration level right in this episode
0: yeah. Okay. So then we're juxtaposing the meeting of, Ar- of Aragorn and Arwen, finally, mm-hmm. with the rescue of Baron from Sirion and the overthrow of Sauron, which yes. is fun. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yes. I like that a lot. Um,
1: it, it was a better place for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was a better place for that. Yeah. I didn't really realize uh, when I was reading through this, the... Um, just reading through the frame uh, document. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make the connection in my head as to which episode that was, but that's really kind of fun.
2: Um. So this is an example of the, of the structure of the story arc of the frame. Mm -hmm. Being impacted by the structure of the story arc of the main story. Mm -hmm. So there really was no other place to put this because this is that this is that same moment in both stories, yeah. right? Um, the big climactic speaking. turning point moment. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. and so the 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 question then becomes: How do you make that work? Like, right. how do you make these two <laughs> wildly different events yeah. feel like? Like we're telling a coherent story.
3: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. Well, I like that juxtaposition. Even if we don't do much to draw direct connections between the two of them, that sense of um, the feeling the 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 sense of destiny connecting the two of them is very strong just by juxtaposing in that place. Not to mention the fact, of course, that it does a marvelous job of very implicitly spelling out the theme of the frame. Um, you know, like <laughs> um, we've she's all worried about the rise of Sauron. We show Sauron overthrown, right? Um, and at the moment, we see Sauron overthrown by Luthien. She meets Estelle. Right? It's that's beautiful. <laughs> that's really that's really that's really fun. Um Yeah. Okay. No, so that's uh, that's that's very cool. Then we bring in the romance ish the romance angle, right? Gil Ryan trying to get him together with a nice Dunedin girl, and um that's juxtaposed with the well, this isn't the this isn't the relationship drama episode. This is the Kel-Gorm and Kourafin leap of Baron uh, okay. Um, episode. Okay,
1: right. So at this point, it's not Kelloggorman trying to be a alternative uh, suitor, really. Right. Like right. obviously, Luthien's over him. Uh, yeah, was never into him. <laughs> <laughs> was never into him in the first place. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the tension between Baron and Luthien now is that mm-hmm. they've both had external sources yeah. tell them you're an idiot for trying to pursue this relationship right. and it's their first time back together since the quest started. So they do have some question marks there and that yeah. relates a little bit to what Gil Ryan is doing of the, so I just noticed you grew up and now that you know who you are, <laughs> it's okay that right. you um, <laughs> right yep. go meet some girls.
0: Human right. Ones. Exactly. Exactly. Now that makes sense. Um, Uh, the next episode, then the relationship, uh, drama episode, the, them trying to figure out who they are and what they're doing together Mm -hmm. episode is the one where Elrond does his non thingal impression, right. Where he lays the, uh, and so again, that's, you
1: should go be King of Gondor.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's, um, the way that that resonates with Baron's sense of his destiny Right, and the significance of, like, the how, how he can't turn away from his death. Yeah, to, to have Baron saying in that same episode, like, I cannot turn away from my destiny, uh, and Elrond saying, let me talk a little bit about your destiny, right, and what you have to accomplish before this can happen. Um, that's uh, that's lovely. Uh, yeah,
1: because yeah, at, at this point in the Aragorn and Arwen storyline, like, he's obviously super into her, because... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no brainer. <laughs> yeah. But she's not necessarily at all into him. Yes. Like, yes. she's she has met him now. She knows he exists. Yeah. And that's about where she is. Like, right. oh, new person I met. Yes. Like, she definitely did not fall in love with him at their first encounter. And she does not even think highly of him for most of the rest of the season.
0: Right. Right.
1: So... Yeah, so Elrond's like, yeah, maybe don't even worry about romance with my daughter. She's not really into you. But uh, but here's here's an actual destiny. But if
2: you were king of (laughs) Gondor...
1: <laughs> then you could marry somebody probably not her but some
0: <laughs> right it's it's uh it is almost in context like elrond being like tell you what here's a convenient way to postpone this conversation like why don't you become king first then we can talk about this more right and then we'll yes. see what yes. happens
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but my my daughter must be married to the king of gondor by her <laughs> next birthday according to the chart from <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nature, right. metal Middle earth,
2: earth yeah. Yeah.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly Okay, so then we've got So the juxtaposition Because now we, we come to the, one of the next big juxtapositions From the Baron and Luthien story, right We've got mm-hmm. the, the, the the taking of the Silmaril uh, And the invasion of Angband um, And that's being juxtaposed with Aragorn acting as he were, Right, him bringing the Athalos back for his mom
1: Yes, so episode 10 is the one that um, Katrin wrote the episode for that Mm -hmm. and wrote the frame scenes in that. So you Uh, can see them in context within her, um, her script document, which is pretty cool because this is the first time we're seeing Aragorn and Arwen talk to each other about Mm -hmm. something other than nice to meet you. Right. Right. Like, so she has a very clear opinion of what, she thinks is happening and then is surprised when it's really that he went to fetch Athelas because of course he's taking care of his mom because he's a good boy right? Um, right. and and that realization on her part of like oh there's more to him than I thought and it's very clear that Elrond set her up for that Mm -hmm. because Elrond's like why don't you go sit with Gil Ryan this afternoon she doesn't have anybody around
2: right except the person that I clearly know is around
1: yeah. <laughs> so what's, who will definitely so, be coming back at some point in this afternoon? Like, right, right. He's not so,
2: setting her, him uh, like trying to set them up. I was going to say, oh, what's not the, like
1: that. What's yeah, his plan? No, no. There.
2: Yeah. His plan is she needs to she needs to develop a relationship with Estelle, right? Like, right, not. Right. Um and right, the, this
1: men are weak, men are useless thing is not going to get her very far. She needs right. to see.
2: That's not good, even star material,
1: right. right? Right, right. So, so he's trying to educate her about how there is hope in men.
2: Okay, with the nearest available example. <laughs> yes. Right. I've got right. these right.
1: humans living here. Go right. hang out yes. with them,
2: would you? Exactly.
0: I've got this little human case study going on in this cottage over this, here. Uh, so. This
2: little petri dish. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That cottage over there is where I keep my humans. So if you go hang out with them, then you can see. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. That's right. It's it's like a hutch. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. they know
1: they're rabbits. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, from the Elvish
0: perspective,
2: exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain parallel. Yeah. 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 Um, they breed okay. a lot faster and they die a lot quicker. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um. So. Um, But I'm thinking, again, I'm thinking about juxtapositions here, right? So, uh, Baron fleeing Angband with the Silmaril in his hand is being juxtaposed to Aragorn returning with the Athalos, isn't it?
1: Specifically? Yes. Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember what scene it takes place. They're both at the very end of that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we do the, well, no, I don't, I believe we do the whole frame thing after we've got yeah, the hand it, bitten off. Right. The, the hand is of his, bitten off. He swims, I think it's before the, the frame and then the eagles come at the very yeah, end. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the eagles are the very, very end. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, but yeah, but the, the Silmaril in the hand bitten off has already happened by the time we get to back to the frame here. Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, um, which I mean, of course, it's it's an interesting sort of um, Baron being wounded and Aragorn doing healing, right? Is an interesting mm. juxtaposition by itself, mm-hmm. right there. Um, but also the um, the I'm thinking in particular of the running the like when, when she meets him and he's 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 running with the Athalas. Um,
3: yeah,
0: in the immediate context, I mean, we've already explicitly instructed not that they would need too much instruction, but we've explicitly instructed them to think of Aragorn and Baron in parallel, right mm-hmm.
2: um, so I think it's mostly about the 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 return of hope um mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: uh yes Estelle is literally returning to the house um right. but also hope is returning to some of the prisoners in nangban hope is returning yeah like the very act that is taking place in the main story is returning hope to the, the people of Valerian. Um,
0: it, it's, it, it suggests an, inter- no, I wouldn't push this parallel too far, but it suggests almost an interesting parallel or at least a juxtaposition between Arwen and Dereo actually. Yes. In that episode. Y- yeah. 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 Cause yeah.
1: Dereo had to change her point of view. Right. Yeah. And right. Arwen has to change her point of view. So, yeah. And yeah, interesting. Gil Ryan is sick at home for this, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when Aragorn comes back and she calls out to see if it's him, she does call out. That's yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah. I, yeah,
2: The the more I think about it, the more I feel like the Dereal plot line in that episode is almost the primary pro- plot line because yes. Yes. Because they're the ones that face a challenge. Like Luthien just does a thing that she's able to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, yes, she overcomes Morgoth, but she <laughs> overcomes him because she's able to overcome him.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. But I also think it's impossible to articulate the thought that you were having and not have it sound ridiculous. Yes. feel like, so really, the overthrow of Morgoth is like nothing compared to what Duriel does, right? Like it's right. It's, <laughs> accomplishes this hard, challenging thing when all Luthien's doing is casting Morgoth from his throne, right? But no but, but I deal. totally get it. I, I totally understand. I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm not that's disagreeing one of with you.
2: Why the descent? <laughs> but, yeah. Why the descent into hell is such a huge part of that episode is because, it's yes. like. Otherwise, she just wins, right? Like she just wins, right? Because that's she. Why right. wouldn't she? Right, right.
1: The the challenge with any Luthien storyline is creating any kind of tension as to whether or not she will be successful in the thing she sets right. out to do, because we establish very quickly that she is always successful at the yeah. thing she sets out to yeah. do, no matter how ridiculous or impossible it might seem.
2: People will be throwing around the term Mary Sue. Like well, it's, yeah, it's like well, she no... is. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yes, she, she's be, she's good at everything. She everybody loves her, you know. Like, yeah, um, she's not. But the which is one of the reasons why I felt like the um, the episode. I think it's episode nine. The the part where she's failing to heal Baron was so important because right. to give her.
0: <laughs> to something she can't instantaneously achieve. Yeah. Yes.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that in the finale, we'll at least have to have some suspicion that even Luthien can't change the laws of how the world works. Yeah. Right. Surprise yeah. she can. But, right.
0: Right. But, well, it, but she, it, there has not to be. Exactly. This, I mean, yeah, it's like something she just does. Yeah.
1: Right. It has to be done on her behalf.
2: It's the right. f- It's the first serious challenge. That She's right. presented with right um,
0: mortality itself turns out to be uh, thing, or yeah, lightly exactly.
1: beyond her, yeah, yeah. slightly
2: but beyond uh, even her I, capabilities. And, but I think that one of the like the story does tell us that she is basically completely passed out the whole way out of Angbet, like mm-hmm. it's not like it's not nothing what yes. she did, absolutely,
0: um, absolutely. No, and that 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 makes a lot of sense,
2: okay? So then. Mm-hmm. The uh
0: episode eleven, and this is as far as we've gotten in our episode discussions, right? Episode right. eleven was the uh uh, uh episode, yeah, the breath episode, and ending with the wedding, right? Yes. Ending mm-hmm. with the wedding, yes. Um and Galadriel coming in and getting mad. Um <laughs> yes. uh, and not inappropriately laying into Thingle. Um Uh, giving him only a fraction of what he deserves. And um, so here we're we're going back to Elrond and Arwen at this
1: point? So Arwen is aware that she has been manipulated into spending time with humans and that there was a lesson to be learned. (laughs) So she's like, hey, dad, what was that all about? I saw what you did there. Um, Because (laughs) as much as Elrond's being a chess master in this storyline – he, it, he's teaching he's benevolent like he loves yeah. his daughter like there's sure. nothing malicious about him yeah arranging these things so that they sit down and have a conversation about it and he's like yeah you've been looking for what is the answer of how to fight Sauron have you considered men <laughs> right. right like Gondor is right there <laughs> Right. And yeah, they don't have a king right now. They might not get themselves organized in time to do anything, but right. that's where the hope is.
2: Right. Yeah. right.
1: And by the way, I am working on fixing the king situation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, so that's that's where he gets to reveal his plot to fight Sauron with Gondor using Aragorn as king.
0: And so there is this <clears throat> sort of understated, then, juxtaposition between that conversation and, oh, by the way, here's Baron and Luthien getting married, right? Mm. Um, When Elrond talks to his daughter about, like, there will be a king in Gondor someday, you know, like the, you know, the music mm. for Here Comes the Bride with Luthien and Beren is playing hint, hint, in the hint, background, hint. right? Yeah, right. So we've got a, that that's a very purposeful juxtaposition, but not one that needs to be spelled out obviously yeah. right
2: right yeah, they, the they, there's are some more musician of the... over in the corner playing here comes the bride and yell you know, around shoots him his best <laughs> right yeah Q, uh <laughs>
0: right hugo weaving, hugo weaving yeah. wow yeah yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Look.
0: Exactly.
1: yeah yeah um but the episode is breathable it is men it's yep. the story of the losses in the war so yep. having Elrond talk about wars and men and kingdoms, mm-hmm. it, it will fit together with the other conversations in the episode. With the secondary juxtaposition being the, yeah, it's the wedding. Like, this is part of Arwen's destiny too. Mm-hmm. But Arwen doesn't know it. Elrond doesn't really know it. I mean, he maybe suspects <laughs> and the, the audience isn't supposed
2: he's, to know he's, it. He's doing a little private hand ringing and, and maybe glancing up at at, uh, at every once in a while like... <sighs> is is this what is this what's going to happen right I'm not thrilled about this is that the direction
0: this is going yeah 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 yeah
2: right right
0: okay so then uh, the frame of episode 12 is their first date
2: yes yes yeah the mission of mercy yes
0: romantic outing to a plague-ridden village
1: yes you know Because because
0: Aragorn knows how to show a girl a good time Yes, it's her idea. I
1: think it's her idea. Yes, Yes. yeah. So she's like, "Hey, you want to come to this village with me and help cure diseases?" Right. You see into that
2: this time. Aragorn knows who he is and why people react to him the way they do, or at least the older folks. Right. Um, Like essentially, like it's like the worst kept secret of all time is. his identity but
0: at least among the Dunadine, yeah right yeah, yeah
2: like yeah, they, yeah. They, they like they, they all know. know but the younger people haven't been told because like let's not tell people who don't already know right like right
0: yeah yeah but if they're let's, let's older than him, him down, know.
2: yeah yeah let's keep it down to a few hundred people if we can, <laughs> who know this deep dark secret
0: well, I mean, the Nine as a people have been in hiding for, you know, yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So this is a part of their culture.
2: It, yeah. It, Larry on, on the YouTube chat said, no one is saying it, but they all know. Exactly. That's yeah. like they, they, we just don't talk about it.
0: Right. 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 But the difference is they know that he knows now. Is it clear to them?
2: They know. That he knows I don't that think they so. know? No. 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 Okay. He doesn't They. He. He doesn't, doesn't
0: reveal the fact that he knows.
2: That they know. Right. What he knows. Exactly. Yes. yes.
0: No. But you're saying no. That, that I'm saying
2: happen. no. He does not, in fact. He does
0: not. It, that, that does <laughs> not reveal. Okay.
2: I gotcha. feel like I'm in the who's on first. Exactly.
0: Around. Oh, yeah. I think we made Marie's picture freeze uh, by think that whole did. exchange. Yeah, yes. I think we just broke <laughs> Marie's internet uh, with that Oh, whole there thing. she goes. Yep. We did. Wow uh that was a shame i was, <laughs> I was <laughs> now we have to do the whole thing all over but <laughs> no, we should obviously not do that whole thing over again um <laughs> but um um yeah yeah, um okay, yeah, no I feel I'm in like Shakespeare's Richard II or something, but anyhow yeah. um I mean, or Ivan Castell, one or the other um okay, so um <laughs> so. They go to the Dunedine village. Um, We see now this whole thing happening from a new perspective. We see Aragorn's perspective on this. Um, The juxtaposition... So this is a a really interesting juxtaposition between Aragorn um, sort of um, doing his kingly thing consciously for the first time um, with Beren's death, basically. Right, so I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of like actual things that are going to be brought into um, things that are going to be actu- actually brought into juxtaposition here. Right. So and Baron lying, dying, and and um, you know Luthian sitting next to him, right, looking down at him is going to be juxtaposed, what, against like Aragorn and Arwen together looking down on a sick person?
2: I mean, like, it's going to be
0: that kind of situation, isn't it?
2: So, essentially, I I think um, Aragorn's guilt is playing a role Mm -hmm. um, because essentially, Luthien cut his life short.
3: Mm -hmm. Not
2: intentionally, obviously. But, you know, like yeah. He could have lived on for another right. you know, fifty years. Had he not met her, right? And right. yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And not yeah. gone that path.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Uh in fact his his fate turned out exactly how fate fairy stories turn out mm-hmm. when you when you walk in into the clearing with a fairy princess is dancing. Right. It's just a generally bad idea. You shouldn't See? do it. And yeah. There, and there's the evidence. Right. Right. As Gilroy um, knows full well. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he is feeling a, a great deal of sense of like I I don't deserve the level of obeisance. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That that my presence is is generating here, right? And and I think there's also something. It has something to do with what um, with what Huan says when he dies as well. If I recall, right. right. Um, I would have to look at the um, the outline uh, of that episode to remember. It's been a fair few weeks at this point. Uh, right. Even though we're only one episode since then, but it's...
0: Right. It's but no, and, and, and we haven't talked about the episode yet. So yes. uh, we're getting yes. into territory that I'm, you know, I, I can't make the connections quite the same because right. I don't yes. know exactly how that's yes. going to be shaped.
2: But um,
0: but yeah, yeah. So, so for Aragorn...
2: Also, um, uh, Baron hands off the... Uh, the ring of Barr here so to in, uh, speak yes in in episode 12 um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to well i he intentionally in um alana's script he intentionally does so okay um, right right so, am i remembering no that i right? was just I commenting
0: so. on using the phrase hey. off in connection to yes to, yeah. uh to, to baron oh, to the missing um, hand
2: yeah
0: yeah exactly yeah um when baron does hand handoffs he he really does handoffs but anyways hey hey are Murray, you,
2: <laughs> do you, <is> you
0: okay <laughs> Th- things all right down there
2: yeah okay um so do you recall because there is a connection between the um the last the words of Huan. discussion yeah between the last speech of one and the discussion between arwen and aragorn and i can't for the life of Re me remember what that was intended to be. Um...
1: All I remember that Arvin was going to tell him was something along the lines of you know, like, he's all worried about, oh no, how do I act? Because, you know, they think I'm they know who I am, and I'm going to be weird about it. And she does the whole, like, go be who you were born to be kind of thing to him.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah, I feel like, but let me think. Uh, what, is, what are everyone's last words?
0: It It's paraphrased in the text.
1: Yeah, that's what I was like. So I don't know that we've got something deliberate beyond that. Um,
2: hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Scrolling, 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 scrolling.
1: scrolling. So what we have Arwen tell Aragorn is... The people are gonna react regardless. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it's up to you to earn this respect that they're offering you. So if you're sitting here going like, Oh, I don't deserve it, like they're they're treating me like I'm someone special and I haven't done anything. All right, cool, go do something. Go do something. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um So I think that who on whatever he says in his farewell to Baron and Luthien is probably on the lines of, well, I fulfilled my destiny in life. Like right. I did what I said I'd do. I killed the wolf, mm. right? Like he's doesn't he acknowledge that he was always destined to die this way?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yes. And I, he says I, farewell.
0: I, like that's the that's you know, know the text yeah. emphasizes the
3: you
1: know yeah. Like I lived yeah. my life Peace out, right. and and so that's kind of what she's trying to to do there is tell him like look, there's no point in sitting here worrying about. What you're yeah. doing, you
2: your your doom's going to come to you one way or the other. Yeah, so
1: right. you just go out and meet it, kind of. Yeah,
2: right. and and I think that that's um, you know, I know that um, I I know that you have often brought up uh, Aragorn's choice to uh, to pursue Merry and Pippin versus uh, mm-hmm. Frodo and Sam, mm-hmm. and I think that that is an example. Like his destiny is to. Be part of the defeat of Sauron. Yes, uh, but that doesn't mean that he needs to have all of his choices guided by that. That will happen, right? Whether right. or not he, you know, whichever choice that he makes, the choice that he makes though is the um, is the moral one. Yes. versus the yes. pragmatic one
0: yes exactly he he turns away uh, like actively turns away from um, Amdir in a way which mm-hmm. is very reminiscent of how eric uh, gandalf and elrond actively turn away from um, Amdir uh in the council of elrond right yeah. and they're like that the, that's the whole like a, the in the in the hands of the weak as well as the strong right like yeah. it's um let's no, no like yes we could try to wait this deck a little bit to try to um, maximize the possibilities of success, like maybe mm-hmm. sending Gorfindel, for instance, right um, But no, we're not going to do that be- you know, and, and Aragorn does the same thing, right? You know, yeah. He's like, well if I, if I were to go with Frodo and Sam, it probably would increase their chances of success. Right. Like that seems like if I'm just trying to play the odds here and say, what has the uh, what is the be- what, what is the most cunning way to try to, you know, work our way towards the success of this quest? Yeah, probably me. Me sticking with them is is the right thing to do. Right, but he deliberately turns away from that, not because he thinks like actually I think it'll be much better if they go by themselves without me, but because mm. he says like no it's it's like that this seems like the wrong idea, but or, or the wrong choice. But but I'm convinced that it's the correct one. I mean, he's, yeah. he's deliberately doing the counterintuitive yeah. thing there
2: because if he doesn't, then Mary and Peppin are absolutely are toast. You right. Know? Whereas Frodo right. and Sam, he puts he puts them in the hand of Providence. Yes, know? exactly. And exactly. and this conversation makes Arwen a part of that too.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I like this connection because it's, it's, you've got Huon on, the one hand, fulfilling his destiny, but you also have Baron completing the quest. Like if his destiny was to complete the quest of the Silmaril, this is the end of that path. Right. Yes. And I mean, as he himself is, you know, states the, you know, and now the quest is achieved. Right. Um, and that yeah. picks up on that sense of his fate, his destiny. Um, he couldn't turn away from this, um, and the text emphasizes that when they hear about that the wolf is coming, right? And yeah. Baron has that like, well, okay, so you know, it was almost this sense of like he he, he almost got out of it, single yeah, he got away with it, yes, right, almost yeah. enabled him to get away with it, you know, without f- actually fulfilling the whole quest, but 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 clearly he's he, he's got to do it. So Baron fulfilling the quest, which which means his death, and. Yeah. Uh, Huan fulfilling the quest, which means his death, right? Um, yeah. And so this idea, uh, I, so I like not only how we have this idea of Aragorn, uh, you have to fulfill your destiny also, but the fact that, like, well, with the other two destinies in the main episode, fulfilling their destiny meant death, right? Me- mm-hmm. Meant, you know, the, uh, self-sacrifice. Um, and Aragorn's... May, too. Like, that's, yes. that's that's the direction his destiny is pointing at that point. It's it's a catastrophe that Aragorn does not. And, and, of course, that's in the end where he's going to do, right? Like, his big speech after the Battle of Pelennor Field. Like, so, the next plan, let's all go and die at the Black Gate. Because that's what, obviously, should happen next, right? Mm. So he doesn't die, in fact, but that's not his fault. <laughs> like, he tries all right. he can, right? Because
2: conventional wisdom says... That he at best retakes his yes. Gilead, consolidates yep. the power of the West, yep. then considers an assault on the Black Gate. Like that's, yeah. that's that he falls back to it,
0: to his strong places and defends them as best he can. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but
1: he's um, been trained by Elrond and right. Gandalf his entire yes. life. So he yes. had no chance of being the kind of guy who would make practical choices.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. Gandalf, who does not counsel prudence, uh, does not. Is um, Aragorn is in no danger of suggesting prudence. And yeah. Maedhros
2: okay. had had Maedhros have been there, he would definitely have counseled him against the assault on the Black Gate. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. Well,
1: yeah. Mytherus is someone who doesn't have a lot of trust in Estelle.
2: Yes. Yep. Yes.
1: Hasn't worked out Except this me.
2: one time and it one does not work out spectacularly for him. It yes. does not. For him.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. But that's the thing, is that you have to be willing to have things fail spectacularly to make mm-hmm. these choices. The trust has to be there that somehow this will all work out, even if it doesn't go the way I hope.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the last episode, which it's hard, because I know very little about how the last episode is going to go, but we have the juxtaposition of the Mandos situation and the whole uh, resurrection circumstance um, with uh, Aragorn's decision to go off into the wild. Does this happen in a conversation? With Arwen,
1: that's what we need to figure out.
0: Okay, so that's we, what we need to figure out.
1: Not plan. Okay,
0: so let's let's, let's 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 think about that a little bit. So the options are: we just had Arwen and er- going together on their first romantic uh, date to the Plague Village. Um, by the way, don't recommend. Um, but uh, secondly, uh, now so after it would be logical to have them afterwards um, have that not only would it be logical; it seems hard to get around that. Like, are we really going to end the frame with them just never, you know, them never no. talking to each other again and him just leaving without saying goodbye, you know?
1: So it would make sense to have both of them involved, but they each yeah. have to have a resolution to their storyline. Yeah. So yeah. he has to be like, you are absolutely right, Arwen. I should go do the thing, fulfill my destiny. And yeah. that means I stop sitting in Rivendell and being safe, I need to go out into the wild and yeah. do things. Yeah. Um, so he's going to leave Riven, though, yeah. somewhere in this. But, like, does he talk to Elrond? Does he talk to his mother? Like, we didn't really get into yeah. how to yeah. bring that to life, The re- resolution of her storyline needs to be there's hope in men. Like, right. Esta it's here. Asta. Asta. That's the point. So, like, she's going to stop with the let's all run away to Valinor storyline.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Elrond has to be involved, too, because he's the the only one who makes sense as an interlocutor for her for that conversation. Right. Because right. she's not had that conversation with anybody else in Rivendell. So it has to be Elrond. Um, mm-hmm. It would make sense. So what about something like... Um, Aragorn comes in to take his leave of Elrond, right? Because he doesn't want to make it weird by, like, seeking out Arwen and saying, hey, I just wanted to say goodbye before I go because, like, who is he, right? Like, that's Mm. that would be a little presumptuous of, like, that there's some kind of relationship there that needs to be signed off on, right? Which he feels, but he may get that she doesn't. So, but if if she's there with Elrond, when he comes in to take his leave of Elrond, right, it makes, I mean, he, obviously he's not going to be like, I'm going off to the wild for decades without saying goodbye to Elrond. Like, that's obviously not going to happen, right? So he would come in to take his leave of Elrond and if she's there, okay, you know, um, maybe he knew that, maybe he didn't know that, who knows? <laughs> but in any case, it, it would work out. And then after he leaves, she and Elrond could then have the final exchange. Mm. Um, uh, and then you have, of course, the delightful irony that, like, uh, Estelle departs, and that's when Estelle, and she announces that Estelle has arrived. <laughs> right? In in her own heart, right? Uh, in her own understanding. Um, so th- that's... Um, by the way, there's just nothing about his name about Estelle that is not awesome. Like, the opportunity for, like, whether it's, like, jokes or serious points, um, like... They're, they all just proliferate like anything. Like, you can't even avoid it. Um, anyway, so just as Estelle leaves the building, Estelle has arrived, right? And um, so that, that, that situation seems fine. And it also gives him the opportunity to say goodbye to Arwen, right? Because I think one of the other th- jobs that has to be done there... Um, one of the other jobs that has to be done is setting up their next conversation, Right? Um, they're going to be talking about um, the, the the conversation they're going to have on Carrie and Emroth about the shadow and everything. Like, we need to plant some seeds that are going to get payoff in that conversation, right? Um, because we don't want... It's totally fine for us not to advance their relationship any further in this first encounter, right? That's okay. But it wouldn't be okay i think for like their conversation on karen Emroth to come out of absolutely nowhere from mm-hmm. Arwen's perspective you know what i mean so um i think um yeah i think that that's um uh so yeah it, some careful um like the idea of uh him stating that he is him stating that he is rejecting the shadow, right? They haven't, like, they're not at the place where they're both... Okay, so like, on Karen Amroth, they're going to come together, and they're going to agree that they're going to oppose the shadow together, right? That hasn't happened yet. But if he comes in and he declares like, I'm going to you know, take up my leadership of the Dunedain by opposing... Like, it is time for me to go out and oppose the shadow. I'm going to go oppose the shadow, and Arwen is like. Meanwhile, as I was saying, I, I think we need to oppose the shadow, right? Like both of them are independently doing that thing, but they they're not yet doing it together, right? That that's not that's not yet. But we can see, like, well, sort of where this is where this is going in some sense. Um, anyway, that that would seem to work pretty well.
2: It's it's kind of like the the advice. That is given to, to single people who are, are like overly concerned that they're not going to find someone before mm-hmm. they're old and gray, and uh, and that's the like look like do what you're supposed to do with your life,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you know if if you do that, then the rest will fall that will fall <laughs> into place. It'll you know, like place. you will yeah, find exactly. you will find the person who's right for you if you are doing you right because right. otherwise the person you find probably won't know who you are <laughs> right
0: right especially if you don't but yeah I, like basically in, in other words we can leave episode 13 frame with at least enabling viewers to be able to understand like why the why it is the two of them are going to get together like how that makes sense for the two of them to be together mm-hmm. Um yeah
1: yeah. yeah. We will have time to build up the relationship before the conversation at Karen Amroth. Like, yeah. we'll probably have a whole frame dedicated to Aragorn going to Loth Laureate and that whole thing happening. Yep. So yep. it's okay if they haven't explicitly said that to each other yet, but yep. I agree yep. that it would make sense to. Have him expressing that what he's doing is what she wanted to be done. Mm -hmm. If she didn't like her brothers being like, we're just going to kill all the orcs, and she didn't like Galadriel and Elrond sitting around going, well, we're just going to wait and see. (laughs) Right. Finally, somebody who's doing the right thing.
0: (laughs) Right, right,
1: right. Like, I I do want that to come out of the conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Yeah. So I'm thinking about the juxtapositions again, the last juxtapositions here. Um, We're juxtaposing their return to life um, with their Aragorn and Arwen's choices, right? Their choices about their futures, about their destinies. Mm -hmm. Um, Them choosing to oppose the shadow is the thing that is uh, which they're doing, not together, together, but in parallel, together, right? Um, and we're 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 juxtaposing that with Baron and Luthien returning to life together and fulfilling their destiny in that way,
2: right? Well, and and you know, I keep using the phrase "breaking the universe," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which gives Estelle that like the book's not closed, right? you know, Providence is still acting and has plans for this world. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aragorn is, is a part of that plan and he's, he's going off to find what that part is.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. That's good. So that setting and conversational setup work for you guys, you think for episode yeah. 13? Yeah. It seems logical. I mean, it's hard, like with be, being the end, and and especially if we're we're headed off with Aragorn leaving, a leave-taking of Elrond seems almost inevitable. Uh, like mm-hmm. I mean, it has to happen. So, yes. Um. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um. Th- what was the other one? Eight. The other one that needed work on that. Yeah. Which one? Which one? Oh, was that the meeting of Aragorn and Arwen? No. No. Now that got written. That was right. Yeah, that's seven. Right, that's seven. Eight. Yeah. Oh, it's the and Kurafin one. It's the oh, it's the nice Dunadine girl. One. Um. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um. <sighs> <laughs> okay. One of the things that's interesting about that is that. There is a sense in which, in bringing up the question of him of Aragorn getting married, Gilrainin is absolutely bringing up the concept of duty and him doing his duty, yes. like he has a duty as the chieftain, like when you're the heir of Isildur, having kids kind of a big part of your job, right? I mean yes. like that's that's important, oh, of course yeah. or, or at least it was until Aragorn, right if he is the one who is supposed to like, if the point Bring of continuing the, the line f- was to get to him, right. Yes. Then him, in fact, having kids is kind of an afterthought. Um, but anyway,
2: um, so all around shooting the moon. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. By, by, exactly.
2: by, insisting that Aragorn not marry until he does the thing, right. right. That he's been waiting all this time for one yeah. of the, for one of these guys to be able to do. Like, he is literally putting all his eggs in one basket. That's it.
0: Yeah, the time has come. It, either either, either this succeeds or, or we up. all fall. Yeah. No, yes. that's exactly it. That's exactly yeah, if,
2: it. If this doesn't work, then none of our machinations are It's not right. going
0: to matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah exactly. Ha- having a, a hidden baby somewhere will right. not save us. Not going to help.
0: Nope. Yeah. This is the one. This is it. Yes. Um, but one couldn't blame Gilrein for not thinking in that way. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, she's... Um, no one knows better than she the tenuousness, the potential tenuousness of the line of Isildur, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, not even just, of course, with the whole conversation with her parents and that kind of thing, right? Um, but, I mean, their conversation with each other, the four...
1: Uh, The part where they let her get married young because, you know, people die.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mortality is likely to set in. Yes. Um, As indeed it does. Uh, And the forebodings and all that sort of thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, so she's going to, so she would definitely frame it in the sense of like, now that you know that you're the chieftain and now that, you know, you're a grown up boy and everything, it is time, maybe, maybe maybe time to start thinking about this um, mm. In other words, she's raising a question about so and, and I, we're, obviously we're going backwards up the stream to where we got at the end the end of the of the frame story for Aragorn is getting him to the place where he understands and embraces his purpose his destiny right yeah so this is going to be in a sense a sort of a false start. To that, this is something that seems like it should be part of his destiny, part of his purpose, part of This is pursuing duty.
2: Frodo and Sam.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is this is the thing that seems seems most logical, right? Uh, well, you're, you're the heir of Isildur, and so the first priority. Have more heirs of Visilor. Keep keep the wine going, right? I mean, like if you don't do that job, what what else what what else do you do? What, what
2: What good are you? What good are you?
0: Exactly. You haven't got heirs. You haven't got myself. Anything. Yeah. Like, if you have not at least <laughs> replaced yourself, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, we. Uh, you are. Y- you have been the slender thread upon which the line of Visilor has been hanging for years now. Um, we'll let's figure that out. So, um, makes perfect sense for her to be thinking that way. He would be resistant to it, but maybe like inarticulately resistant to it because there's no denying the sense of it. Right. I mean, and yes. even his own uh, the way in which he has been impressed by the magnitude of the situation, wearing his awkward, um, you know, millennia old artifacts as he is in that moment. Mm. Right. Um, Is going to be. Bearing home to him this significance, and and that he, you know, so he, he's going to see the point, right?
3: Mm.
0: And yet, he's going to know, no, this is not my destiny. Settling down with yeah. a nice Dunedine girl and carrying on the line is not actually my job.
2: He sounds, he, he's Dairon, right? In this situation, because Diron resists all sense. <laughs> right like that's his calling card yeah right okay. in in this episode yeah. for sure like because yeah. they're they're like we don't think she went home right but we'll send a search party including dairon that way because that gets right. dairon out of her hair anyway right. uh because yeah um and then the party he's with gets really excited because they start finding evidence that they in fact did go this way and right, right. and he's like but they're not going this way like right. surely they're going that way, right. and so he decides to go that way, and in fact is correct without even ever seeing the direct evidence of that fact. Right, right. He's like the yeah. um, he's like the the centurion who tells Christ, no, 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 it's okay. You don't have to right. come to my house. if, it's, if, it's I, if, if my you house, yeah. if you tell me that my servant is healed, that is good enough for me. And that's essentially where Dairon lands, and 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 Aragorn is making that decision here. He is making the less, um, the less responsible choice. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the role that I guess I'm, I'm looking back at the uh,
1: we the let frame. him talk to. Eladan and Elro hear about this. yeah, yep. Because obviously his mom is not going to want to listen to him being like, but I'm not ready to settle down yet, mom. Right,
3: right. Yeah. right.
1: And Elrond's got a hey, want to be King of Gondor message? Like an alternative quest and plan and destiny. But for him to just be like, no, I don't think this is the right thing. He needed someone else to talk to. So we gave him the Sons right. of Elrond. Mm. to be voicing that Mm -hmm. dissatisfaction with mom's plan. But the scene where she actually tells him that and what he says to his mom in that scene, we didn't really work out.
0: Right, -hmm. right. Um, It makes sense to have her sort of... She knows that he is really important. But I think she doesn't get, you know, Nick, what you were talking about, the whole, um, you know, all of the chips are pushed into the center of the table with Aragorn. Like she she doesn't fully grasp that she still, um, you know, she has been sort of the final step in the chain of continuing the line. Right. Mm. And that's still the world that she is sort of in and her top priority yes. and what she would assume would obviously be the top thing that he would need to do. So it seems to me that what this raises, uh, th- this raises the question for the first time to him of what is my destiny? What is my purpose? You know, what what is it that I'm – who am I and what am I supposed to be doing? Um, and that th- the – this idea of like, well, no, like, yes, it makes sense that to continue the line of Isildur is, is – seems like a really important thing to do. Um, But no, I don't think that is the right thing for me to do. There's something else Mm. and I don't know what, and I don't know why, and I'm not comfortable with it. And I'm still not, I'm still trying to figure out what it means to be the chieftain (laughs) and maybe Mm. King, I guess, you know, um, also,
2: I met this really cute, elvish lady
0: there's that too yeah where so there are other reasons why the idea of settling down with a nice dunedine girl is not sounding appealing today (laughs) right but we avoid that right we avoid it just being like the i'm not ready to settle down ma can you please give it a rest uh kind of angle to that conversation yeah Yeah.
1: hopefully we avoid that yeah
0: (laughs) hopefully we avoid that absolutely okay no that 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 makes sense that works um and it and and this is The way that it comes, not only does it correspond directly with the, he just met Arwen and then his mom is suggesting he get settled down with somebody else, but also it comes right after the turning point, right? Like the, you know, the, the, so it, it, it shapes clearly the second half of the, of the trajectory of his trajectory towards the, you know, finding himself and his purpose.
2: Everything between episode seven and episode 10 like everything in there, that's about choices. That's right. about what what are we doing here? Yeah, right. Yeah, um, repeatedly we're asking that question, right. Um, right? In different ways, obviously, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Oh. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Well, we're it's very late, uh, but we got through the whole frame, so that was good. It mm-hmm. was good. We even um, I don't know if we solved the episode thirteen issues exactly but i think the two scenes are pretty clear right scene number one is easy they're there he comes in and says goodbye and then scene 16 is just arwen and elrond as they're watching him walk away out the window right Mm. Mm. yeah um no problem yeah easy okay Awesome. Very good. Well, next up. So we're going to we're going to uh, be one week extra here in between. We're going to meet again in three weeks on May 18th. Um, and we're going to be talking about casting. So as I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, it is time for the, the voting. Uh, for casting, so if you go to the Film Film Project, so forums.signumuniversity.org Film Film Project go to Casting Season 6 uh, look at the Season 6 nominations You can there's a, a link to a form there, a voting form uh, to vote for uh, the casting and we will discuss the final casting choices um, on May 18th see if I need to dust off my veto for any of the uh, choices that have been made, we'll see um, so that'll be May 18th uh, at our normal time at 10 p.m., the voting is going to close on Sunday, May 14th. So the, a few days before that, so we can have time to uh, put set so by which I mean so that Marie can have time to put together the uh, <laughs> the the, the slideshow, you know, showing the choices and the uh, and the the winners of the elections there uh, for our episode that week. So uh, Sunday, May 14th. Voting will close. Our casting episode will be on May 18th at 10pm. And then after that, we will do episode 12 and 13 uh, between then and MythMoot. right? That's the plan?
3: That is Excellent. the
0: plan. Very good. Very good. We're threatening to move towards the end of season six here, the, uh, that we're, we're getting there. There's still, still ways to go. We've got some post-production, uh, episodes to do after we finish episode 13 still,
1: mm-hmm. but we're getting there. There should be about five left.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Five. Right. Left. So these three and then two, two others after myth, you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Music and art episodes yep. after Mythmoot? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that will be fun as always. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, two of you, for joining me as always. This was a lot of fun, and we will see everybody in three weeks. Thanks, everybody. Bye now. Oh, I will say, as always, except almost not this time, <laughs> thank you for listening, and Godspeed.